Welcome to the Seven Figure Girls Podcast, where we live, laugh, learn, and embrace the wisdom of everyday women doing extraordinary things. I'm your host, Katrina the Hurricane. Let's get ready to learn, grow, and crown. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Seven Figure Girl Podcast. And I have another phenomenal guest with me today. Her name is Dorothea Fenner. And she is known as my bestie, even though I'm just a piece of her puzzle. We're going to talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) But I am so glad to have her here with you because um, on Seven Figure Girls, she is the other part of Seven Figure Girls. She is also my business partner, best friend. We have been best friends since the age of 14. I've claimed her always. I don't know if she claimed me. We're going to talk about that too. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> We're going to keep it real on this episode, okay? So uh, I would like all of you to welcome Dorothea Finner to Seven Figure Girls Podcast. Woo! Hello, everybody. Hello. So as I have said, um, I'm making her do this best friend episode because mm-hmm. I'm making her do it. Thank you. Yeah, but you kind of sort of. But um, Seven Figure Girls is really the idea that both of us came up with. And so I thought it would be fitting in this first season to have her on just to share our experiences, our life, um, just things about us as women, as best friends, as part of Seven Figure Girls. And so, um, Sorthea, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? What you been doing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I was born and raised in the great city of Chicago, Illinois. Chassis! Absolutely grew up. I am um, a West Sider by heart. I know some people don't like the West Side, but because you're West both West Siders, I mean, it's one of the best sides of the city. Um, we, well, you want to tell me about myself, us? Well, well, you know, so grew up in Chicago, still, um, you know, in the Chicagoland area. I currently work for one of the largest advertising agencies in the city of Chicago. Been there for over 21 years. Absolutely was not my intent to stay there that long, but it was just supposed to be a, a, a pit stop. I was called myself taking a gap year um, from college and needless to say, I ended up staying there, finishing my college education, going on to get my master's. But that's pretty much what I've been up to in the workforce. And then when I'm not at work, I'm um, at church. I, I love, I am officially, hands down, bona fide, a church girl, meaning that I just absolutely love church. I, you know, not necessarily wrapped up in the traditions and the do this, do that, but I absolutely love church. Like some people love to go to the theater. I love church. I mean, that's just, that's just who I am. So if, if I'm not at work, if I'm not at church, I'm usually, you know, doing something that um, fulfills me and makes me happy one way or another. That's all. all right. She she is a bona fide church girl. Um, <laughs> I can attest to that. Um, and honestly, I don't know. I don't even know if she knows this. Uh, she is one of my spiritual foundations. So um, she pulls my coattail all the time, and um, I allow that to happen. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Even though I don't like it. Mm. You know, relationships are all about the push and the pull, the give and the take, you know? That that is true. From one another. That that's what makes relationships unique. And, right. Um, solidifies them. And I think ours is very unique because we kind of opposites that attract. <laughs> In many ways. 
<laughs> so a little about me. I'm also from the West Side. What's side? Um, and uh, born and raised, love it. West Side is the best side. Uh, the youngest of four. Um, and Dorothy and I, ironically, we went to the same high school in Chicago. Did not know each other. Did not meet each other until the summer of our after our freshman year, going into sophomore year. And we wound up working at the same. Was it a daycare facility? Yeah. It was yeah. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they had a, um, a lot of programs going on. They did. They had a lot of programs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was Carol Robertson Center mm-hmm. on the west side of Chicago. On Damon and Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I was in the classroom helping the kids, which is so interesting because I've become an educator. Like I, I went to college for the most part to be in education. And now I work in corporate America for a Fortune 50 company. Um, and I am a facilitator of leadership training. So um, I eventually became an educator all around. And Dorothea was in the kitchen. I was. I <laughs> opted. I there were, I remember when I went to uh, Kara Robinson, there were two positions. It was either to be in the library or to be in the kitchen, and I chose the kitchen. I, I, you know, I've always loved the kitchen. I've always loved to be in the kitchen cooking and things. I mean, we didn't really cook there, but it was still just that space there. A lot happens at the kitchen, at the kitchen table. So I think it was just home for me um, to be in the kitchen because I'm by, um, I'm naturally a nurturer. So that kitchen is just feels a place of comfort for me. Mm-hmm. And you're a good cook. Yeah, most things. You know, some things are questionable. <laughs> you're, I don't even really think I've eaten your cooking. You haven't. Wait, no, okay. You when you came to visit one time, you cooked. You know, I cooked a whole. I cooked greens and a whole look. I don't every day. I felt like I did. I'm more of a baker. Yeah, she's the baker, and I'm the cook. And she's the cook. Yeah. So. But um, even even our teenage years, I think we were opposites. I was a little boy crazy and I didn't turned into man crazy. And yo, if you look at my yearbooks, <laughs> I had to look at my yearbook and I was like, it was a note from her. And it said, please get a boyfriend you can actually talk about. <laughs> And I was seven. That was a uh, sophomore year. And I'm like, still till this day, 20, how many years is it? A long time. Almost 30. Well, yeah, 92. Yeah. 28 it, years. 93. Yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know what? I think you are officially the longest relationship I didn't have. <laughs> well, I'm a good person to be in, in relationship with. Okay. I think, I think Adi is one year longer than you because I met her freshman year so mm-hmm. you okay. and her you and her uh wow <laughs> that's just funny to me but um she's still telling me um I need to find a relationship we're talking about we ain't gonna talk about that right now she gonna find Jesus first but go ahead I am fa- I found Jesus <laughs> like yeah. Jesus ain't lost he ain't went nowhere he always here Jesus ain't but then you got a point but this ain't, this, we ain't mm-hmm. right we ain't talking about that right now mm-hmm. <laughs> so um so yeah, so we have been friends that long. Uh, I can't remember. Was there ever a period of time where we didn't talk? Like, was it like freshman year of college? Um, we kept in contact with each other. Yeah, I, I, I remember you. You always been here. 
Yeah, we we I mean we might not have um like yeah, our freshman year we, we were just busy, but there was never a period where like I haven't talked to her in years, you know. So we there was always some kind of communication. Always. Yeah, there was. Cuz yeah. I think I was used to seeing you every day cuz we had classes together in high school. Right. Oh, mm-hmm. And then we would walk when you still lived on the west side, you we yeah. would walk sometimes by yeah. your house, yeah, and I get on the bus or things like that. So so yeah, so freshman year was very interesting, I think, for all of us, because some of our friends went away to school. Mm-hmm. Me and you stayed home and commuted. And yep. so, yeah, and I had a full-time job. And so like I would see people when they came back for Christmas break or whatever. But yeah. freshman year was just weird. It was like we were off exploring our other worlds, but we still kind of stayed connected. Yep. Or whatever. Yep. So yeah, so um in fact, what two years? Into my college career, I moved away. Mm-hmm. Right, I moved to downstate Illinois. It'll go Illinois State, woohoo! And uh, where I eventually got my degree. <laughs> and Dorothea would come visit me a few times. Yeah, yeah, she black heritage ball. What's up, yes, black suit yes. union? What's up? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> oh, that's when I first learned how bad she snores. Mm. Listen. Mm. Okay. It's, it's it's just who I am. <laughs> it, it is. I, I snore as much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I have had some uh, first life experiences with her also. So she accompanied me on my first plane ride at the age of 29 yeah. to uh, my friend Keisha. Y'all have seen Keisha. She's been on multiple episodes of the podcast. Uh, Keisha's wedding. Yeah, and so that was fun. I was reminiscing on that yesterday. I was like, Phoenix, that was that was a fun trip. I was like, remember that night we all got in the pool? It was hot. It was like still like 110 degrees outside at night, and we was all just chilling. No, you don't remember that? Okay, no, I don't. If I, I was probably inside. I probably no. Can't. You was there, pecan tan. You were there. <laughs> I, <laughs> you forget how you yes, forgot. I probably. I feel like I'm on a. Vaguely, like I might have came outside for a little bit and then went back inside because you know me in the heat, I'm not the best of friends. Right, but it was it was like it was darker, like it, the sun was setting and it was still like 110 yeah, degrees. Warm. Every night it was it's the desert. It's weird. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah. So um, she has been the aunt to my son. Oh. oh. Um. And so, yeah, we've just been together forever. And she can't get rid of me, even though I call her my best friend and I'm just a piece of her puzzle. Would you like to explain what the piece yes, of the puzzle I is? Would, so I never even have never really, really used the term best friend. I understand it. But to me, friendship, each person in my life serves a purpose. And when you have a puzzle, nothing is a perfect shape. Nothing is cookie cutter. It fits, some pieces overlap and intertwine with one another, but it takes all of the pieces to create this beautiful masterpiece at the end. So I started saying people are not, not they're in my tribe, not that the people are in my circle. I started saying that people are a piece of my puzzle. And because they intertwine, they intermingle, they fit, but it all forms a beautiful picture. So, piece of my puzzle. Yeah, I need I need to be one of them uh, edge pieces. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, but edge Not a corner piece. I get it. Because me and her talked about this, right? I was like, yo, like, well, because she sent us the puzzle pieces. And I don't know what my puzzle piece is. It's still in the envelope. It's somewhere packed away. So sacred. Yeah, I put the, I put a puzzle together. It was a puzzle. It was for my 40th birthday, I think it was. Mm-hmm. No. 
No, we 30 something. Yeah, it was 30 30 something. But I put a puzzle together and then I literally um, cut it, you know, like glued it together, then cut it so people could get several pieces of the puzzle just really to symbolize. I really wanted people to see how they intertwined or how they mingled across into another person's piece and some things were similar, but each person is unique in their own and I need each of them to make the whole. So... But she was like, well, I know you ain't the corner. <laughs> I was like, I can't even be a corner piece? Like, for real? I put puzzles together. It's those four corner pieces, and then it's the edges. That's that's the framework of the puzzle. Right, so hopefully I got an edge. I typically reserve you know, those corner pieces and things, you know, for the elders, for the foundation. You know, I honestly don't know if you got an edge piece or not. I, I don't remember. What I, said, I don't even remember either. It's packed away, but I said, I hope. Yeah. You know what? Right there. Sorry. It's a, little, it's a little beef with it. You're a piece of the puzzle, though. I'm a, mm. to be a piece I don't want to be them, one of them little obscure pieces that you can, like, you know, go it on without. It still completes the picture. If you say so. Think about it. As, it's as a cute one. The tongue is. It is the smallest, one of the smallest muscles in the body. It is so powerful. <laughs> <laughs> So it doesn't matter if you're not a big piece or something that other people will see from miles away. As long as you're a part, your part is just as important. Just like the breath that you take in every day. You can't see it, but it's there. Really? Really? You got to go there? Yep. You know what? She is an analogy queen. Let me tell you. (laughs) I live for her analogies. I'd be like... Okay, she broke that down. She be get, she always be giving words, you know, scriptures, sermon, many sermons. Mm-hmm. She got a calling on her life. She ain't she ain't um, what's the word? Following she in it, calling and it not be pulpit based. And I think that's the mistake. Oh, we didn't we went far somewhere, but that's the mistake <laughs> I feel that has been made often in the church world, specifically in the African American, aka the Black Church. Um, that the, you know, if somebody says you have a calling on your life, you're supposed to be behind the sacred desk, behind the pulpit. But if you are called and graced to be a pastor, you have a pastoral anointing, that means that you have a ner- uh, an anointing to shepherd, an anointing to lead, a calling to guide, a, a calling to, to pull people together. You can do that in the corporate space. You can do that in the marketplace. You do not have to do that in the pulpit. And I believe that that is an error that the church has made, which is why... There are probably 10 million churches in the United States of America. I mean, you know, I, it, and it's because people have a grace to do something, but and they think it has to be in the walls of the church when in actuality that gifting and that calling can reach so many people outside of the walls of the church. And I really, really believe that that is a thing, something that we have uh, done wrong as as believers. So I want to do I want to do a little something. Mm-hmm. Um I want you to come up with some questions for me to see how well I know you. Oh, say what now? Now you, now you should have told me this today. No, no. See, we got to think on our, we got to think on our toes. Like, come on. <sighs> so, I mean, they, they could be random questions. Like, my cramp questions will be random. I don't have anything sketched out or wrote out or whatever. Okay. But I was just thinking about this when I was listening to my Christmas music. Do you know what my favorite Christmas song is? I have no idea. You got to remember, I've never been into the holidays a whole lot. I know. I, I mean, you can play the song. I mean, you have a radio, an internal radio. You know, you'll be you know, at any given moment. And uh, But I don't know your favorite Christmas.
this on? So for those of you who don't know me, uh, one of my nicknames is Karaoke Katrina because I have a gift for if we are just talking and somebody says a word, I got a song that's going to pop in my head and I'll start singing it from that song. Uh, but it is This Christmas by Donny Hathaway. And this Christmas okay. will be a very special Christmas. Okay. Um, I like the Chris Brown version too. And if you have been looking at my IG stories on Miss Texas page, um, I have been playing the Chris Brown version. When I put out Carm in my Christmas tree. All right. You got a question for me? <laughs> um... I can't think of one. Okay, what's my favorite color? Yours is pink. If it's not pink, then I mean, shiver me timbers. If your favorite color is, you see, rain, a rainbow. <laughs> other than the rainbow, it's pink. I was like, think about it. You know, I'm like, I'm like it's the rainbow. You rainbow, but you you pull the pink out. I pull. So for years, like in in, in my teenagehood. My favorite color was blue. Okay. Oh, and I got a story. I had a blue and white checker jacket that I guess I used to wear too much. One of them took my jacket out the locker and just got rid of it. I don't know if it was you or Adia or whoever. That wasn't me. Somebody took my jacket because they got tired of me wearing it. How dare you? Yeah, sorry. It was a blue and white plaid. It was like three or four different blues. It was a beautiful jacket. Mm. And they took my jacket. And <laughs> It's okay. It's all right. Anyway, my, my favorite color changes. So teenage years, it was blue. Then it was red. Then it's been rose gold, actually, lately, or mauve. See the nails. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay. But it's really the rainbow. Like my goal, I know this is crazy. If any of y'all remember Rainbow Bright, I want to be the Black Rainbow Bright. Yeah, I love Rainbow Bright. I want to have a whole rainbow wardrobe, which, yo, I just got a sweater off Shein, rainbow colored. I'm going to have to rock it for you. It's beautiful. I have dresses. I also have like a camouflage um, wardrobe too. And the black and gray, which is my favorite camouflage, but I also have it in green. And like, I got some gold camouflage shoes. It's like, I, I got these whole... I also have a, a, le a leopard print, too. Oh, okay. You know what? I should do my closet by those sections. That would be good. Mm -hmm. So, so I do. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, okay, you got that one, right? Because it really is rainbow. And then I just pick colors out. But it's a rainbow. Maybe you do know me. Yeah, and honestly, when you when you said the song, I was like, oh, yeah, because in my head, I was saying, hang on the mistletoe. But yeah, and that's why I, when you said it, that was the first song that popped. But I was like, I don't know. That's why I was like, I don't know. So, yeah. That's it. That's it. From WGCI Chicago, <laughs> the Christmas songs. Yes, that's that's my favorite. Reminds me of Christmas. Yes. All right. You got a question for me yet? Okay. Well, what's my favorite color? <laughs> Okay, this is, I, it used to be orange, but okay. I think it has changed because you love Gerber daisies and you used to love the orange, yellow, and white Gerber daisies. Uh, but I, I, I think it's changed. Okay. So what is it? It's still orange. However, I lean towards navy. That's right. 
as wearing things, things I wear, things I purchase. And it's because orange is not an easy color to pull off all the time. And it, it just is, I think it can be overwhelming. So I think orange is a great accent color. However, I absolutely love the color orange. So basically, you like our high school color. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Tomorrow, we'll link us together <laughs> within the halls of Whitney. Yes, will come true. They'll come true. Oh, yes. I was in choir. I had to know that song. And absolutely. It, so. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, if y'all ain't know, uh, we went to Whitney M. Young Magna High School in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, yes. When we went, it was the number one ranked school in Chicago. Yes, South Laughlin. Yes. Hey. So, for all my Whitney Young people out there listening. Hey, what's up, Dolphins? Woo, woo. <laughs> Yo, I should have a Whitney Young reunion show. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. That would be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, Red House. Woo-hoo. House and gold. Yeah. Gold, gold House. house. Mm-hmm. I had a best friend ever, so I should have all y'all on here. Well, we can do another one. We can, we, we can do another one. That's true. Yes. That's true. But these are the founders of Seven Figure Girls. Well, yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, and let's speak of that as a matter of fact. So, Seven Figure Girls is an idea that we came up with when we were just talking one day mm-hmm. about, um, I think we're probably really complaining about <laughs> why we don't make enough money. <laughs> yeah. And so, I think we are always talking about finances with each other. And you are one of the people in my life who I trust to talk about finance. I don't talk finance with everybody. I understand that. And ain't they business. Thank you for that. Um, yes. Um, I have to put this out there too. This person is also the beneficiary on my life insurance. So she's trying to kill me. But <laughs> so we try to kill me. Um, well, I think you're trusting me with your estate after you've passed on. Yes. And, including your child. Right, because uh, thank God he made it to 18. Yeah. <laughs> if not, it was, <laughs> might have been going over there. <laughs> <laughs> but I told you, had anything happened to you prior, I would have picked up and moved to Texas because I wouldn't have wanted to uproot him from, you know, he would have already had lost his mother. And then to uproot him from a surrounding, I would have done anything in my power to absolutely relocate, you know, so that he could be stable. Because it's... it's- yeah. It's like beaches, y'all. Oh, my uh, I got, ooh, am I Bette Midler? <laughs> oh, Lord, I'm Bette Midler. Um, <laughs> you are the wind beneath my wings. I'm sorry. <laughs> no comment. Whatever, this this is us. Okay. This is normal. This is normal behavior. This, this really is. And y'all lucky I ain't. Cussing right now, but yeah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. They've been trying to get me to stop cursing out my our whole lives. Twenty eight years. Can't stop. Won't stop. Okay. Um, I know. And she chooses. Up. She's made a decision with an English degree. I have in a vast vocabulary. Yes. Yes. I, I I'm I'm highly intelligent. Um, yes. But I just it's I feel like I'm grown. I'm finally grown. <laughs> And I can curse, so I'm a curse. Like That's I don't drink, I don't smoke, I, really I don't do drugs. Do I really don't have that much sex. So why can't I just curse? No, no, it's improper etiquette. As I was, I recent, as I was saying, I everybody, recently, I'm selective. Like if I know you absolutely hate it, say it not my nose. If I, if you, if I, I, I'm respectable. 
right? Why are you looking at me like that? I'm, I'm, I'm listening to this, this, what you're saying right now, and I'm trying to make sure it's the truth. <laughs> you, well, you, like you say, I could turn it on and off. She like can. people at work don't think they're like, oh, you curse. I'm like, yeah. Sometimes yes. I curse like a sailor. It's like, what? yes, yes, she does, and it's something that again we've been working on. And as someone you know who is just all about decorum and etiquette, <clears throat> um, it's just something that I just don't feel is is, is necessary. Like I said, I pick and choose. I pick and choose. Yeah, I don't, I don't curse around everyone because I am respectful. Why? Let's be honest. Sometimes our conversations have ended abruptly because of the language that is used, and it's like, okay, I'll talk to you later. Bye bye. Sometimes if you're venting. Other words, no matter how vast your vocabulary is, just does not have the same connotation as a good curse word. I hear what you're saying, but yeah, I I can't fully agree, but we disagree. Um, And we agree to disagree on. That's a lot that we agree to disagree on. And you've taken the time to type a word. Oh, no, that wasn't just a a Freudian slip. That was intentional. But nonetheless, carry on. Like on this new phone, I can't type. Ain't ain't none of my words in there. They all got to be retyped, so. <laughs> and I will there. I already knew. And I, I might make up some new words. Like mother flood pucker. I love that word. Yes, you do. <laughs> you do. You do. I had to make up all the stuff and you know, of it. Some of that. Um, Jiminy Christmas. I got a yeah. bunch of them. Got a whole list. Well, yeah. Let, let's try that. Really. Yes, as, as etiquette is part of the platform. Mm-hmm. Yes, because somebody went and got certified to be an etiquette coach. Is it an etiquette coach? Absolutely. An etiquette coach. Realized I was naturally um, drawn to etiquette and certain you know mannerisms and decorum. And now I don't get it one hundred percent right because I consider myself a city country girl. So sometimes I even my dialect gets real lazy and countryfied. And people have asked me if I was raised and born born and raised in the south. Um, or reared is the correct way to say it. See, um, but yeah, I just I just love that kind of stuff. It, it interests me. She also my nickname for her is Grandma. Well, yeah, because I'm hey, you know grandma. I'm nurturer by nature and nurture it by nature. That's right, sugar. Dumpling, sugar dumpling. That's right. Come on, all right, beloved. Sugar Reese's peanut butter cookie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but back to seven figure girls. Yeah, um, yeah. We were on the phone talking one night and talking about how far we've come in um, our careers and how now we have a comma in our check and what's stopping us from having multiple commas. And so I was like, yeah, six figures. And she's like, no, we need to make seven figures. Why can't we make seven figures? And I was like, you're right, girl. We need to be seven figures. She's like, seven figures, girls. I was like, hey, that's kind of catchy. And at the same time, I was in my first pageant and I was looking for a, a platform title. Um, something that was catchy. And I'm like, oh, seven figure girls. Cause um, I was doing a lot of mentoring at the time um, with a couple of groups here in Dallas. And so I was like, yo, why has this got to be about money? Like a double entendre. And I know a double entendre means like something sexually, but I just mean to have multiple meanings. And so um, a double entendre as in, um, yes, about finance and about making seven figures, but also I feel that there are seven pillars in life that um, every woman needs to kind of develop into her full self. And so by no means does that mean that me and her, like we got this down because no. Not at all. 
not all, but um, I figure I know so many amazing women that I wanted to share them and their platforms and what they are doing with the world so the rest of us can learn from them. And so um, that's kind of how Seven Figure Girls was started. And this is just um, one part of it, the podcast. Um, it will develop into more, but it is really part of uh, the business we, we created called Typify 7 LLC. So uh, seven, like I said, is my favorite number. I was born in the month of July. Seven. Uh, seven in this number of completion. <laughs> so <laughs> Why y'all? Why? <laughs> and so um, seven everything seven just made sense to me. And so seven pillars, seven figure girls, typify seven, everything is just all goes into one. And so um, Dorothea is really the, she my partner in crime. She my El Presidente, my chief operating officer. Um, I, I always like to say that um, my father was my moral compass and when he died, it died. But I think Dorothea then took it over. Right. <laughs> Um, she, she has, yes, um, she is always, like I said, pulling my coattail, telling me when I ain't right, telling, try, try to get me back on track, even though it's a little tumultuous to, to do that sometimes. Um, <laughs> but I appreciate her for it. I'll say, I believe that that's what true friendship is about. I think if you have friends, people, puzzle pieces in your life and they don't, um, take the even the initiative or not are concerned enough to see that w- when you are going on a, a path that might be detrimental to your life, to your success, to your sanity, for them not to speak up because they um, don't feel comfortable. They're like, well, you're grown. You're an adult. You can do it. I don't feel that those are true friends. Those are not true pe- people who really have your best interests at hand. They're like, well, you made the decision. You knew it was going to have consequences. No, sometimes there is safety in uh, in counsel. There is safety when you have people that you can, you know, talk about things and, you know, shoot things off. And sometimes you can't see what's behind you. You can't see what's on the other side of you. But if you have somebody there that can, I think that that's awesome. And that's what your relationship is about, whether it's a... Um, you know, a friendship, whether it's even even family relationships, whether it's, you know, a um, I can't think of the word at the moment, but a relationship with a significant other, those type of relationships, any any type of relationship. If that person is not willing to say, hey, you know, this is a bad idea. Now, you can agree to disagree on whether or not it's a bad idea. But if they cannot use their voice and speak up, then I question their friendship. I question the validity of it. I absolutely do. Because if you're in my life and you're going to let me fall off a cliff and you knew I was going to fall, then what was the purpose of me, you being that close to me? Yeah. Right, right, right. I just I just needed to interject that. No, girl, interject all you want. You always do. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Chucha. But, um, but no, I, I totally agree with you. And like, I am a big compartmentalizer. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have my core group of best friends who have been my best friends who, and like I say to be my best friend, you got to go through some stuff. For one, you got to know my cuckoo family. You have to have been in the presence of them because to be in the presence of them is to truly know them. <laughs> and so um, you have to have gone through some things with me. Like um, I think that my best friends, I'm able to confide in. Um, like me and Eddie. <laughs> but what me and Eddie when we get on the phone? We on the phone. It used to be like 
eight, nine hours at a time when we talk. Like <laughs> we might, we we might not have talked for six months, but when we talk it, like we are together. And so we had this thing called full disclosure with each other. Like no matter what, we got mm-hmm. the nitty gritty details of everything. Now, Dorothea, she's not a detail person. She don't want to hear all that. Mm-hmm. If I get home the phone for an hour, it's a miracle. <laughs> like she, she was like, ah, mm, mm, time to go. I didn't been on this phone twenty minutes too long. Like it's time to go. And so, uh, but I do confide in her. Like I, I look, I'm like Usher, right? I'll be like, this is my confession. Pretty Just much. <laughs> I got a confession. I do. I'll be like, I got a confession to make. <laughs> like, that's how you know all Katrina and Dia something. I'm surprised you ain't been like, I ain't heard from you in two weeks. Something going on. I, was, I thought you was going to say. You know, I've just kind of learned that I know if you, you've been silent, you up to something. And I, and I respect the space. And I'm saying, you'll tell me when you get ready. So the difference, that's also the difference between Katrina and I. Katrina is a prior, a.k.a. nosy. Whereas I'm me, inquisitive. Yeah, mm, nosy. Whereas I... um. I just kind of I observe, and if there's a window that of opportunity or a little crack in the door, I'll step in that. But I don't necessarily go, "Hey, by the way, you know, I ain't you been quiet. What you been yeah. doing? Mm-mm. That's me. I, I just wait for the opportunity because I feel that when you want me to know, you'll tell me. Mm-hmm. That is so beautiful. Um, and I, I like I appreciate that. Um. <laughs> As she has said, uh, there have been moments. So I was in a relationship. She the only one who flat out told me, we don't need him. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you need to be done with this. He ain't the one. He ain't it. I did. And uh, like my other friends were like, oh, no, give it a chance. It'll, you know, you just need to smooth this over and stick it out. She's like, "Mm, I didn't told you. We don't need him. <laughs> that cracked me up. And then, so, like, I don't know if I tell you how much I appreciate that. Yeah, I didn't listen to you at first. I mean, it's okay. Yeah, but eventually I did. Eventually, mm-hmm. but um, I appreciate that you were like you stuck to that. Like once you said it, you didn't go back on it. You was like, why are you still here? Why why are you here? Like his his usefulness is gone. Like we just needed him for this. Like like. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, some people, as they, as your friend, right? They say, "Well, it's better for her to have somebody. We don't want her to be alone." But I don't want you to be alone and not fulfilled, alone and unfulfilled. I don't want you to be alone and unhappy. I don't want you to be. And I'm sorry, with somebody and unfulfilled, or with somebody and unhappy. I'm like, if you can have, you can, you will label all of that. You can do that by yourself, and you don't have to be unfulfilled or unhappy as a single woman. You can absolutely be all of that, fulfilled and happy, wealthy, healthy, all of the above. As a, but when you got somebody. And they pulling you down, and they're not—they're not elevating you. They're not adding to you, as Lettucey said. said, "Can you? We go add to me, you know." So, um, if they can't add to you, then why are they there? If they're constantly subtracting and like depleting your 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 um, spiritual and natural being, then why? 
Why? And so I feel that as a friend, I have a responsibility to speak up now. And I, that, that was something that I learned because of course, growing up being younger, there have been instances in cases when maybe would not Katrina, but maybe other people that I was afraid or hesitant to say something because I didn't want to offend and upset. But at this point, I don't care. I'd rather offend you to quote unquote, save your life than to be silent and watch you die. I, I I'm sorry. That's a word. See, see, I hope y'all taking all these nuggets in, these nuggets. <laughs> because it's and that, that's one of the reasons I appreciate her. She she has um wisdom beyond her years. And so that that is why it makes it easier to confide in you. And she gonna she gonna put in some biblical principles in there too. Just saying. I just might not quote the scripture exactly where it's found, but and I appreciate that because I don't need nobody, I don't need a Bible thumper. But I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, that goes to that. Um, me talking about how sometimes the church, we we get so um, scripture minded that sometimes I need I need the application. I need the life application. How do we apply this to life? When you get done quoting the scripture, how is this uh, does this apply to my life? So, yeah, my um, I'm grateful for the foundation, even of my my um, church upbringing. I'm grateful for the knowledge that I received, but I'm also grateful that I was able to mature into a space. And, you know, and I wouldn't say, I would say, and let it apply to me the way it needs to be applied and still yet have a strong uh, spiritual walk and have my strong values without necessarily, like you said, being a Bible thumper. I'm grateful for that, to that for that place of maturity. And that, and that takes maturity, you know, for, for people to get to that space. Because, I mean, she was. The Bible thumper in her younger years. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I, I appreciate the woman you have matured into. And um, another thing about us being best friends, she told me one day that she considers herself one of my coverings. Yeah, and and so I appreciate that because even though I got baptized when I was 11 and I grew up in the church, not until now. Have I really invested in my relationship? And so, like back then, I wouldn't have known what a covering was. I think five years ago, I don't know what a covering <laughs> Yeah. And now I have multiple coverings, you know, people who have just taken it upon themselves to basically look out for me, to make sure that I'm grounded in the word and things like that. And so I'm just appreciative of that because sometimes as people, we don't know what we need, but yeah. we have people in our lives who do. And so for me, Dorothy is one of those people. And so I appreciate you. And then see how I'm fulfilling that calling without being in, in the pulpit. Hey, bless. praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yes, thank you, Jesus. Glory. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I th- okay. So th- this is not about us. This is just a generalization. Do you feel that it's hard for Black women to really have strong um, bonds like this? Because I know a lot of people like, I, I can't deal with women. I, don't, I, don't, I ain't got no you know, best friends. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? I think everybody needs a best friend. Like, how many shows do I love? I just watched this African series on Netflix before 30. And I'm like, this, here's my thing. Why do I always got to be four women? I don't hang with four women at a time. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't, I don't hang with a group of women. I'm much more of a one-on-one person. Like I have, you know, lots of friends, associates, but I, I'm not a group setting kind of person. I'm much more of a one-on-one person. So do you think it's hard uh, from what you have seen generally for Black women to have 
best friend bonds or relationships that especially last as long as ours has? Um, unfortunately, yes. Women, I'm not just going to say women, people, human nature. Um, let me even add the level of society. The culture that we live in is very competitive. And because of that, it's difficult to trust. You don't know if somebody is around you because they're trying to steal from you, trying to take from you. And also people that have, they don't trust. So they're not even all as willing to give information, give instruction, give help. So it's it's very unfortunate that in this day and era, it's it's hard to build those kind of bonds and relationships. Do they happen? Yes. And I think that with, so social media has a double-edged sword. At, um, on one hand, it has created even more competition in the world because people see what everybody else is doing and now they want to compete and be a part of that. They don't want to be left out. They want to be a part of the conversation. So they're doing it as well. But then at the, on the other hand, it does create a platform and a space for people to learn, grow, crown, and to share everything that, um, that they have because it's like, Hey, I went through this to get it. Let me help you get it. And, you know, because they see other people struggling. So, but I, so, but I will say overall, I'm leaning more to the side of it is a little more difficult for women to connect and join and bond with women. Um, which is kind of sad. It's kind of sad, but it, it, it's just a space. It truly is. And I want to say something so off the wall. <laughs> but like, I think a lot of women, um, we we compete for men's attention. Oh, absolutely. And so uh, it's kind of it's kind of hard when you like the same type of guy. So luckily me, I don't like the same type of guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Jesus, it's true. It's it's showing up. It's true. My it God. is. It's, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, and my thankfully my tastes are evolving all the time. But um, yeah. So I I, I think that it because like just thinking back in high school, if we would have had a crush on the same guy, like me and another friend had a crush on the same guy, and I didn't even know it, and I'm like, that's why you like talking about him so much. You like him too so much. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I, I wasn't even thinking like that back then, but I was like, oh, you was feeling him too? Hold up. So, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I think that's part of it where that competitiveness comes in because um, we find ourselves competing probably for that same male attention. And so when, if you take that out of the equation, it's like, okay. Um, but also just being envious, right? Um Cause like, let's take this as an example. You and I have both been engaged at different times in our lives. You were younger. I was older. Yes, ma'am. Man, when she was engaged, I was like, girl, we're going to go shop for this dress. Mm -hmm. Like I was so excited. I was like, let's go do this. Like she was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And so I, I find myself getting more excited for people than I get excited about stuff for myself. And so I, I wasn't like envious or jealous or anything. I was so, I'm happy for any of my friends who find success and happiness in love. Cause I, that's one area I tackle in. So I'm like, I'm so happy, so excited for them. And I think she was excited for me, you know, when um I got engaged, even though later she was like, mm, that ain't it. He ain't it. <laughs> yeah, I was excited that you were excited and happy about the engagement and the marriage and the, your future. Mm-hmm. I wasn't happy about him. Right, right. 
Because, you know, I, I've seen things on social media where people are like, oh, my friends are getting engaged and I'm still single and they mad and upset. And I see that as the premise of a lot of these girlfriend shows. And yeah. even as I go back and watch Girlfriends on Netflix, I was always like, I'm a Joan Clayton. I was like, I'm Joan. I needed Joan to get married so I could see. And I'm like, Joan was neurotic. Not Joan is a little cray cray. I was like, but just to see the jealousy between them when one of them had a man and one didn't and one was getting married and one wasn't and one had a baby one day. And I'm just like, people really, th this really, this is really how people are. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm grateful and thankful that at least I feel between us necessarily, it hasn't been that way. Like yeah. we've been supportive of each other. Um, and so, but I know because I've, I've had a friendship kind of break off after, over some stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, it ain't that serious. <laughs> and I was like, hey, if, if your unhappiness in your relationship um, caused you to have friction with me, like I was going on in, in, with my own mess in my own relationship. And like if, you know, people handle things in different ways. But I thought our our friendship was deeper than that. But I guess it wasn't. Yeah. And so uh, that's just something I appreciate because I know it, I know it's hard for women to really and especially as older women yeah. um, to make friends like that, to bond like that. Yeah. And so, like I said, we got 28 years in this. And so we, we didn't been through ups and downs. Y'all, she yelled at me one time. We ain't going to tell the story, but I ain't never going to let her live that down. She yelled at me. <laughs> You know, she needs to really let go of the past. Like, I forget stuff. I'm like, we, we did? Oh, no, I don't remember. Like, I can recant the story. I remember it. I was like, mm, did you? Oh, I was like, did you just know what I mean? <laughs> but see, I'm passionate. And so that goes back to that place of me being the grandma, the nurturer. The, it's like when I am saying something, it's absolutely not for my personal gain. It's because I'm so passionate and so concerned about the other person. I'm like, don't you hear what I'm saying to you? Um, you know, I just have that motherly nature. And by the way, I have no children. I have no biological children. Um, you got kids, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, I'm just, I'm na naturally that way. So, yeah, it just, you know, sorry. Uh -huh. Don't let you it happen again. You. you know, I love you. I do know you love you. Don't let it happen again. I'm like, does she, man, I was like, does she just show me? It's never going to happen again because, you know, and then after we yell at each other, we'll go eat about it or something. Just move on. <laughs> oh my God, that is so funny. Okay, back back in the day when we used to be able to go out and eat. <laughs> well, we hang around each other. This girl is an ear hustler. We'd be at the table. She'd be like, shh. And she's like, I'm listening to the conversation at the bar. How do you hear all the way what's going on at the bar? <laughs> um... Sometimes, you know, they call it selective hearing. Some, you know, I can hear things, you know, at certain times. But when I was back in the day, many moons ago at church, I used to work uh, media and do the sound. So my ears became trained to hear like lower sounds and things that nobody else would hear under, every day, you know. So I could just hear stuff. I'm like, ooh, you know. But, you know, that was all in fun and games. I didn't, you know, do that all the time. Every time we went out, it was like, hold up. <laughs> it was like, like, there's two guys over there at the bar. They talking about blah blah blah. I'd be like, seriously, how can you hear that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then when she eating something good, what you do? What you do? 
I don't do anything. Lying, she moms. She's like, mm, mm. It's like ham soup. It's mm, mm, good. So it's like, mm. This they have fam. <laughs> some, people, some people dance when they eat. You know, you've seen the videos and the memes of people dancing when they eat. You know, so I just be like, mm. Close my eyes and say, oh my God, this is good. Like, you know, why not? It don't matter where we at either. Yeah, it just comes It don't out. matter. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, okay. She's yeah. gonna be moaning at the that's, table. That's probably not. That's one of the moments when you be like, "Oh, I'll have what she's having." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! All right, I haven't seen her in person in how many years? Oh, I think it's Did you see you last year. I don't like in Chicago. I just haven't been to Dallas, but I feel like you've been here. Last time I was in Chicago was early 2018. You know, it has been over two years. You're right. It has been. You're right. Right. You know, we got a we got a routine. We go to Cooper's Hawk. Yes. Cooper's Hawk. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. And she turns me on to some new thing I haven't tried before. Yeah. You haven't been out with me since I'm a oh, cheap date though. You haven't tried before. Yes. What what was that? I'm sorry. I said you haven't been out with me since I'm a cheap date now. Since I don't eat much. Oh, Side. Okay. It's all right. So, um, I don't know. Like, I, I think it's very unique to have best friends that last this long. Because <clears throat> I always see memes on Facebook like, uh, can you repost this? You didn't have a best friend since like elementary school or whatever. And like, uh, I think one of the things that I hear about myself is that like people who were my best friends at elementary school, like we don't talk, but when we do catch up, it's like no time has passed. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm like, you're trying to say I'm still the same chick I was in the third grade. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that to me that my spirit, that I still have a sweet spirit, like the foundation of who I am is the same. Of course I've grown because I wasn't cussing in the third grade, Mm -hmm. but um, you know, I've had some life experiences since the third grade. So, um, so yeah, so I think it, that's just one interesting thing. Or even friends that I did have in high school who are who are our best friends now. Um, well, they were my best friends then, but they're not my best friends now. Um, I still like we still reach out to each other quite often, and and so to me, um, I treasure my friendships. Yeah, um, my absolutely. My friends, my best friends especially, are my chosen family. Yes, I just said that in my head, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, I mean, they my ride or dies. I mean, they they my beneficiaries, you know what I'm saying? And um, because I was a single mother, I made sure, like, they were involved in my son's life, but also just to, if something happened to me, um, they would be able to tell him, things about me like right. he he would be able to learn about me through them so I kind of made sure that happened because you know the odd thing about my best friend circle and I didn't got no kids so my kid is that kid <laughs> yeah. that's, I mean that's, that's a benefit for him <laughs> right I'm like dude you you gonna come into some money one day yeah. seriously <laughs> on your aunts and uncles you don't the kid up in here just yeah. saying uh, don't count on it. Don't count on it. But when you get it, it's a blessing. Amen. Amen. All right. 
And so um, I just really wanted to do an episode to kind of capture us. Yeah. Yeah. I still don't think this episode captured us. I mean, completely. Foundation. You know, the foundation. You know, foundation of us, the core of us. Yeah. We could absolutely build. Um, I don't know. Is there, is there anything you want to say? Um, any words of wisdom, Jesus, that you want to pass on to well, the people? I mean, I'm going to take, I think, I believe it's the glow up from one of the pillars in uh, Seven Figure Girls. And it's essentially that one is about being enough. And I, I want to, I would say to people, male and female, learn that you are enough. We were born with innate gifts, abilities, characteristics, personalities. That's what we were born with. We have a responsibility to um, cultivate those and to to grow those and develop develop those. Like you know, learn, grow, crown. You know, you have a, a responsibility to invest in yourself. But know that you are enough. Don't spend your life comparing yourself to others. A lot of times, I think we make the mistake of doing the um, shoulda, woulda, couldas. We make the mistake of feeling like failures because a goal that we had in place didn't necessarily, either it didn't come to pass or didn't come the way that we thought it would come or in the timing that we thought it would come. Like, oh, by this age, I'll have this. And by this age, I'll have this. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely believe in the power of affirmation. The power of death and life is in the tongue. I believe in speaking things into existence. I am not against that. I believe in um, declarations and decrees and decreeing your destiny uh, destiny and prophesying all of that. I'm hands down with that. But when something doesn't matriculate the way that we expected it to, know that you're still enough. It's okay. Sometimes the journey and the path that we think we should have taken, we don't. And it's okay. And we have to learn to be okay with it. And I believe even that goes back to that thing about competing. Why are we competing with the world? It, I mean, it's billions of people in the world and yet we're yet competing and everybody wants to be um, the number one and on top. Everybody can't be number one. I mean, let's just Let's just be honest. Everybody, everybody can't be number one. Not saying that you should settle for being number two. And there's nothing wrong with being a number two. <laughs> I say that all the time. That I make a great number two. I make a great support person. Um, there's nothing wrong, but shine where you're at. Don't compete with other people. Know that you are enough. Feel confident in what you have. If you are single, you are enough. If you are married, you are enough. If you've been divorced, you are enough. Whatever your relationship status is, you are enough. You don't have to do enough. Uh, if you have to feel that you need to change who you are to be with somebody, then you don't need to be with that person. Um, absolutely, being with somebody is about learning each other and them learning you. And then there's a level of compromise. And you do grow. You constantly grow. I, I have this saying. It's like, if you don't keep growing, if you don't keep changing, if you don't keep developing, then that means that you've expired. You're no longer here. So absolutely, there is space for growth and learning and change. But to completely lose your identity, your self-value, your self-worth to appease others, it's not worth it. Know that you are enough. And so just stand in your wholeness, stand in your truth, stand in who you are and just go be great. Yeah. See, see that word. See, that's why she's going to be back, because uh, especially on that faith pillar, we're going we gonna to take it there. I'm just saying. Prepare. Prepare your words. Amen. Prepare your mind <laughs> for the word you're about to receive. Um, <clears throat> so before we go, I want to ask you, you can keep it clean. Um, 
course. Uh-huh. What is the craziest thing you think I have done? The craziest thing that you have done. No wonder you said keep it clean. I'm going to say, um, I would, I, I'm going to say you, you drive bys. There have been some drive bys that just. <laughs> There might have been some I didn't know about, but you know, drive-bys, you know, um, and to elaborate on drive-bys, you know, this goes back to the relationship, you know, I, some people would call it stalking, some, you know, I don't know, but we're just going to say the drive-bys. Yeah, that, that that just wasn't wise because that could have went in. left, so yeah, left. So drive-bys just shouldn't be done. I mean... I think, uh, unfortunately, I think most of the women I know are guilty. Dude, of we, 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 we all get to doing a little couple drive-bys <laughs> yeah, in our day. I would never do that now. It's yeah, crazy. It's As a mature woman, yeah, it's like, boo-boo, yeah. I'm not stalking you. Yeah, but... I'm not going to go figure out what your work schedule is. And th- yeah, no. I'm just... I see you when I see you. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'll just say the drive-bys. Yeah. He had a drive-bys at night. Like, I know he had home and yeah. the phone. <laughs> Girl, I need you to ride with me. Come take a ride with me. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I forgot about <laughs> Yeah. Oh, whew. yes, we have some history. Some history, mm. Lord, some history. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> you didn't expect that, did you? I, look, look, I, I, I remember one particular drive back. <laughs> And what then I was just in the car. We was out doing something and somebody drove me past. I'm like, well, who's talking about me? Well, yeah. I'm like, why don't you just turn this back on me? <laughs> we we did it together. <laughs> look, mine was, look, come ride with me. I'm going to go over his house. Hers was, we out get something to eat. Oh, let me let me drive by over here right quick. So she was a sneak. <laughs> drive by. Mine was premeditated and planned. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Yes. Jesus, thank you for growth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you for maturity. Yes, absolutely. Definite maturity. Definite. Thank you for helping me realize my worth. Like, it, it ain't worth getting... That's, that breeds of insecurity. Absolutely. That's, that's what that does. And so, absolutely. praise praise the Lord. We, yeah. we have grown and matured. Whew. Yeah, that, that was, we was in our 20s. Oh. Yeah, we were in our 20s. That was in our 20s. Yeah. 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 Thank God I did not take that into my thirties. I'm so glad you didn't. And yeah, because we left we left that way it belonged. Yeah, I remember my last drive by. You said you remember your last. Drive-by. I remember my last drive by. I was in my twenties. Oh. I was on the phone with Eddie that night because he was doing one too. <laughs> A man do drive bass too. I just want y'all to know. We was on the drive bass situation. Oh, that was my last time I was like, we had to talk at three o'clock in the morning. Like, why, why are we in our cars driving by these people's houses at three o'clock in the morning? Just like, just, let's go to sleep. Get off this phone. That is insecurity, like for real. That's it is. It is. You know, if we got to do all that, then we just don't need to be together. We we just don't need to be. No. Oh, so. See, th- this conversation is bringing out more conversations that need to be had around relationships, around faith, around the glow up, around really your journey as a woman. 
Like yes. what, what has gotten you to this point so far? Now, this conversation was about best friendship. Yes. But other things are coming out of this. And so, so yeah. So I appreciate your final words of wisdom. Um, I appreciate you for being who you are. I mean, because sometimes you get on my nerves, but it's from a place of love. I know you get on my, just like you yelled at me. And so... <laughs> I'm just gonna be, be silent right now. I'm, I'm gonna keep it to myself. All right, it's all right. <laughs> you know, okay, for everybody else out there, I want to be the Medea of my group. I know y'all may think that's funny, and I'm gonna take my concealed carry class, but I want to be the gun toting auntie that people come to with their problems. I'm like, yes, baby, I'm gonna help you. So, and you know, I may send them her way, but <laughs> I want to be like, mm. Let's play some grit ball. Let me show you how to play grit balls. That's who I feel in my core. Because mm. I also feel like Medea is a family historian. Like she know everybody. She know their story. Like she can, she, and even though she don't be, you know, uh, reciting the Bible, biblical stuff, right? She try. <laughs> like my niece was on the phone. So I'm, I'm in training to be the auntie. Right. So I'm on the phone with my niece the other night and she's talking about Jesus. I was like, you know about Jesus? Let me tell you about the story of Job. Why? Because I know the story of Job. That was a good soap opera read. I know that one. <laughs> if you go ask me about Joseph and the second color dream code, I ain't going to know. <laughs> I know what I know. I know Genesis. I know about some Cain and Abel. Because, you know, when you start reading the Bible, that's what's up front. You know, that's, that's as far as I get. I know about some Exodus. Oh my goodness. I'm on my I know about some of that. And I know about some Job. I know Job. I highlighted some Job. I know Job. <laughs> so she was like, Are you don't know about nobody else. I said, Look, the Bible is big. Okay. <laughs> but you will be proud of me. I ordered the Women of the Bible book. Yes. And so I'm like, I, I feel like I need to know them a little better. Because let me tell you about that Ruth and Boaz and Naomi story. Okay, we, we ain't gonna go there. Because, you know, I got a, I got a whole feeling about that. Well, okay, well, since you mentioned that, I just got to say this little piece about, about Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz. So that goes back to what I said earlier about, and y'all, I'm not bashing the church. I love the church. I told you, I'm like, for real, I, I'm a church girl. But the mistake that we make, not just as members of the church, but as people, is that we take people's word and we don't do our own research. It is so important that we research for ourselves because, you know, that's one of those Sunday school lessons. Um, I don't think they talk about Ruth in Sunday school. But nonetheless, it was one of those lessons, you know, Ruth, you, and people for years would make the statement, wait on your boy. But if you really read the story about Ruth. Well, I read mm -hmm. <laughs> Ruth, um, she wasn't waiting on too much of anything. She did follow and heed the instruction of Naomi, yep. but Naomi told her to, told, told her to get out there and, and let them know what you're working with. Go oh. out to the field, do this, do that. She followed the instruction, but she wasn't sitting in the corner just waiting on her Boaz, but she went and sat at the man's feet. Feet. Mm. It's a whole lot of unwritten content. Anointed herself. Around at his feet. Sitting at okay. the feet really meant what it really looked like. There are some theologians who have dug deep into that. And so some people have um, applied their own interpretation of that. But nonetheless, the bottom line is, my girl wasn't sitting in, in the house with the doors closed and the blinds closed. So my Lord, send me the Pac-Man, send me Milkman or whoever. You know, she she was out there doing her thing. So I don't know if the story of Ruth and Naomi is the one that we want to encourage our exactly. young. Exactly. 
to, um, to emulate. But there's a, there's another interpretation you could take, right? So Naomi was her covering, yeah. right? And so she was just following the instruction of the woman who was covering her. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Ruth's intention when she went to the field was to make a little money. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because they had no man in the house. They had to work. Naomi, Naomi was old. Mm -hmm. So that part was innocence. But again, you getting that husband, getting him to notice you, anointing yourself and sitting at his feet. <laughs> they say they, they skip the anointing yourself parts, right? Which women, that's what we do, right? When we're trying to get a man's attention, we anoint ourselves. We put on perfume. We put on hair. We do, do a little makeup. We anoint ourselves mm -hmm. to make ourselves more attractive to him. Absolutely. Right? So that's the part they skip. They acting like, oh, no, you just sit there and mind your business and he going to walk up and get you. Mm -hmm. That ain't how that go. Not at all. So got beef with that. We're going to talk about that later. Oh, see, it's just, I could talk for hours. She know I can. This, this, this is probably beyond her limit right now. Anyway. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I'm here for it right now, this time. Uh-huh. Amen. Uh -huh. Amen. <laughs> Church, preach. Okay. All right. <laughs> so um, you can look up, look this up on sevenfigurgirls.com. Please go and look at the pillars. Uh, we will be developing, developing them more in our second season, which starts in January, 2021. And we just appreciate you hanging in there with us. We appreciate that you have listened to the best friend episode. Cause uh, like I said, we are the founders of seven figure girls podcast and typify seven LLC. And so we appreciate you hanging in there with us and just getting to know us a little better. And there will be more uh, spontaneous episodes, moments like, this and we actually are going to start doing more of this on our IG page, Seven Figure Girls, um, where we're going to just have some uh, IG lives. We did our first one this morning, and so yes. go ahead, join us, become part of the conversation, subscribe, follow, and until next time in podcast land, we appreciate you, love you, and have a great day. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Seven Figure Girls podcast. To learn more about 7 Figure Girls or 7FG, check out our website at 7figuregirls.com. Please subscribe, share, and rate us anywhere where you can listen to your podcast. Until next time, cherish her, embrace her, honor her, and always crown her.